This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Monday.com, an amazing tool that allows you to work the way that work works for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Amy Rosenberg. She's the founder of Veracity, a PR agency in the Northwest. She's also an author of A Modern Guide to Public Relations and the host of her own podcast called PR Talk. So Amy, thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's start by defining the state of PR in your view. I've been doing this for many, many years and there there certainly was a, a time where there was a very fine, or not fine, very distinct line between PR agencies and marketing agencies. And in fact, a lot of a lot of firms I worked with had both because PR folks really had a tendency to focus on media relations and getting getting exposure in the media and, and sometimes crisis PR people would be called in. And marketing people did all the content and all the messaging. And today I see and there's like this real blur <laughs> because a lot of the, some of the, there aren't as many newspapers and magazines to pitch. So a lot of the content is written in blogs and things that are produced maybe by PR firms. So how do you, how would you talk about the state of, of what a PR firm does or what it's, what it's place is? Well, so in general, it's always been a little bit confusing being a PR person and being in marketing because oftentimes everybody lumps PR into one thing. Everything is PR. And it feels like that is more than ever now. And yeah. so how I would um, qualify it now is that, sure, we have our hands in everything as we maybe should because we are into messaging right? Our whole idea is messaging. But in terms of both crisis communications and blogging, there's specific reasons to kind of get involved in that. And so my new phrase right now that I've always say, and everyone's probably sick of, is that blogging is the new press release. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to just write a press release just to write a press release. So you want to get a press release placed. But okay, wait, should you maybe do a little bit more than that, right? So why would I write a nice press release and even have it live somewhere else in the press? But well, maybe I want to own that content as well. So instead of a press release, we do a newsworthy blog post. It can't just be about anything, but newsworthy about right. something. And then we get that actually placed. So we get links placed so that we're driving SEO. So PR is kind of like the true SEO army, if you will. So we are the organic search doers, essentially, because we're garnering links when we're doing digital PR. But then also for crisis, we look at blogging and content blogging and social media as a way to do proactive crisis before the crisis occurs. So we're doing community relations, actually. So community relations needs to be talked about in social and in blogging. And so because if you do something great, but if you don't tell anybody, then did it ever really happen? And so what we're doing from a crisis standpoint is getting ready for a crisis just in case so that we have some good backing to show for ourselves. <laughs> so, so 
So what particular skill set or particular point of view, maybe, would a PR person bring to, because every marketer in the world is saying, well, yeah, blogging, we do blogging every day. We create content in social media every day. And, and then the PR people are saying, well, we do that. So what, if I were trying to analyze who should I hire, what, how, how do I approach this? How would I, how would I distinguish uh, between those? Well, if you already have somebody blogging, as long as they're a good writer, that's fine. And mm-hmm. then your PR person, I, I kind of think of them almost like your sales team. So your my job is to sell the blog post to the press. So yeah, let's write a blog post. Okay, great. Well, what if nobody sees it, even if you put it on social? So my job as a PR person is to take your goods yeah. as the writer, your content, and then kind of blast it out there so that I get meaningful placements elsewhere. So you can divvy them up and a good PR person will work with a good team and they will take the strengths of each team member and use them all to their advantage. And then also if there's something lacking in the PR sense, the good PR person would just train somebody and say, Hey, I really like this blog post, but what I need is stats and trends and figures, just put some little bullet points in there and then we're done. Yeah. And then I can pitch it. <laughs> so, so so that takes me really where I wanted to go then. The the idea of pitching and placement, again, there are not as many places. Uh, there, are no, there, there are very few editors let, left at magazines. So how has that art kind of changed in trying to get publicity or, or placement? Yeah. So it's changed in the sense that, especially with coronavirus, half of the newsrooms have been furloughed or had been a year ago. Now maybe it's picking back up, but our jobs are getting harder and harder. But then also one might wonder, is the press becoming irrelevant in a way? I'm the first person, I'm the first PR person maybe to say like, don't do PR, right? (laughs) So if you really have to kind of study, basically what it means is that no longer can you just blast out something. You can't really use the PR newswire, any, maybe PR newswire is an okay service to use, but maybe you wouldn't use any old PR newswire because those placements aren't even real, frankly. And so you're basically just really going back to, it's a mix of old school and new school with PR. Old school meaning like, I'm just going to call three press contacts and that's it. And it's like, well, I spent the time to do the research to know that these are the three that I need and that's it. And I'm not going to worry about getting 50 placements because really, does that even help? So it really strengthens what we can do. And also that's enabling marketers maybe to kind of play the PR game where it's like, we don't need, and not to bring up my book, but because I know you said you were going to talk about it, but the reason I wrote it was just to, to kind of say, you know what guys, like it's maybe it's not that hard to do PR and let's just try it. And, and we don't need to be so scared about it. And really, if you can just target your top five targets, then you actually might have time to do other things like social media, content and whatnot. So so you you put in the title, The Modern Guide to PR. So and, and, and obviously, I think you're you're targeting that certainly to people that have been in the industry, but I guess you're also targeting it to sort of entry level uh, PR folks as well. So what, what's the message you want them to hear? So it's, it's also for entry level, but also for new businesses, I'm sorry, small businesses. I think the main message is that people make you feel some, so I understand when you come in and you have a business and you're thinking, 
this has to be absolutely perfect before I can pitch something. And you don't know what it's supposed to be. So this is where I say this is unveiling the mystery of PR. So some PR people like to kind of make this feel a little hard and like, oh, what's your story? Well, I don't know my story, frankly. I'm, what am I? I think I'm 42, 43. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up yet, right? But I'm like, like creating my story as I go, same with my business. And so what we have to do is put one foot in front of the other. And with PR, it doesn't have to be a big mystery. We, we don't need to figure out our story right now. All we need to do is announce the news. (laughs) It's pretty simple. So the news, meaning what is new with you? like your company. And so that's a little bit weaved into to some of the book in the beginning of like, just don't worry about it. <laughs> Here's, and then there's some bullet points on here are some things that will actually get covered. And this is kind of what I call boring PR stuff. Like it's so easy to get this covered. It will get covered. And then if you want to get like a big feature story or really like announce your story, you might not even do that for two or three years. You might work your way up to that. And as you work your way up to it, you start to learn, oh, this really is my story. And then you make relationships to get those feature stories. So, so everybody, uh, of course, wants to be in the New York Times or some other giant publication they've heard of. But today, bloggers, podcasters are, are really, in some ways, a level of media that can be overlooked. So do you have some tools or special ways that you like to find what might be some of those niche blogs, podcasts, publications that, that really are frankly going to be maybe more useful for somebody than the New York Times? Good question. So, well, one specific tool to look at actually is SparkToro. And this is different than a media database. So you can just look in a media database, but they don't even have podcasts in a media database. And I consider podcasts as the media. So like, cause they are, and same with bloggers, they are the media if they have a good blog. And so SparkToro, what they do is they help you figure out where you need to be and what people are reading. So a lot of PR people or or marketers represent really specific things. So I interviewed the founder of SparkToro and he, we were looking at it like, oh, what if we had to rep a plastic company, like plastics? Now, those are the kind of clients I get is that what plastics, Mm -hmm. right? So that's really specific. Actually, if you go to the media database that a lot of people pay thousands of bucks for a year, there's like 50 plastics magazines. Okay, wait, but who's reading those actually? Like is the CEO of plastics or whoever the plastics person's trying to sell to, are they reading these? I don't know. So what you do is you can use SparkToro and that will say certain um, social media channels they might follow or podcasts they listen to or vlogs and whatnot. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. There are a lot of tools out there to help companies get work done. We recently switched over to a tool called Monday and we love it. At first I thought it was just a project management tool, but we use it in many ways to run our entire business, marketing, sales, 
task management, even recruiting, and certainly project management. But what I love, the real difference with this one is that it has all these automations built in. So, so much of what we need to get done can be automated in a way that we don't have to keep paying attention. If something gets checked off a list, it gets marked, moved over to done, somebody gets notified. The automations are awesome. Check it out yourself at ducttape.me forward slash Monday. So I totally agree with you. The news, a lot of times people under over overlook the stuff that's right on a consistent basis right under their nose. But if you want to turn it up a notch, how do you how do you tie into a very common practice is tying into some trend? I get pitches all the time about why such and such company is like the final four because the final four is going on right now, right? <laughs> so how do you uh, tie into the news or to a trend or how do you at least have that mindset of, of mining for, for opportunities? Well, I'm glad you brought it up and that's just a really good thing to remember to do. I think people just forget that that is something you can do. So I guess, so the two ways to have, the two things you need to add into a press release, if you're going to do it, you don't always have to do a press release, right? You can just do a pitch, but the two things you need to have are timeliness and newsworthiness. It could be either or because newsworthy, it could be timely as well, or it should be. And so you essentially just need to Try You think it's hard. You think you have to predict the future, but you don't because that the same things are going to happen year after year. Like, for instance, Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. See, I know that that's going to happen in May. And I have kind of an artistic client. Like They offer artistic things. And so it's, we thought, oh, let's do a Mother's Day class. Okay, so we're doing the class. Great. But now I know I can PR that, but I have to think ahead. I can't just PR it in May. It's Mother's Day's early May. I have to start now. So you have to just, all you really have to do is look at the calendar <laughs> and, and just start to future plan, essentially. And I think most marketers or business owners can do this. All they do is plan as business owners. Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier about the idea of, of community involvement and, and chari- being involved in charitable uh, organizations. How do, you, how do you manage a little bit? A lot of people do that, let's hope, for the right reason. It's because they want to support the community. They want to support that particular organization's mission. And so then the, in some cases have a little uneasiness about like, let's promote our you know participation in that. How do you kind of walk that line of, of it is a good thing. You are helping, probably helping the organization by promoting uh, your involvement, but it still feels a little self-serving. So I think it's a wonderful question, by the way. So I think when it comes to community involvement, just in in your neighborhood, so if you're a local business, you want to get involved with your neighborhood, that's not necessarily self-serving to promote that and just to say what you're doing. And so there's that. Or if you want to get involved in an industry and promote that, that's not self-serving either. But what you want to do is what I do when I rep corporations that work with charities is we, I look at the charity as the PR thing. So whatever my client is doing, or let's say you're a business owner, whatever you want to get involved in, you're not really PRing yourself. You are PRing that charity. And then that's not self-serving, but even if it doesn't matter if that's self-serving. Now, what does matter is when you're looking at diversity, equity, and inclusion. So a lot of, not a lot, some of my clients are, going, they're interested in that and they're working on it. 
But, but honestly, to them, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion is so important to them that they do not want to publicize it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it devalues the, the importance of DEI when you are talking about, oh, we made this donation. Oh, we did this. It kind of devalues the importance of DEI. But now when we're talking about, let's say I, I've got a real estate client and they have a foundation and they help homeless. Okay, so we're going to do a little like donate, not a big donation. We're going to PR it and us PRing it. That gives us more visibility into the homeless issue. Right. Well, and I think that that's that's the real key, as you said, it's where people it's like anything where people do something that feels very self-serving as opposed to supporting something they believe in. That's when they probably cross cross the line. Where, if somebody came to you, especially as a student, if you're you're in PRSA, I'm sure that you've got some. What was the student version of that called? I can't remember. Yeah, PRSSA. SSA, that's right. Yeah. We probably interact with some of those folks. So, what do you tell people who, whether it's somebody trying to get started or a business owner trying to learn about, what do you tell people that how that they how they might learn about how to do PR for their their career or for their organization effectively? So for the career, if it's a student, I would just say, honestly, it looks really good and fancy to have worked at a big firm on your resume, but to get real experience, sometimes we like look, working at smaller firms because you sure. get your hands dirty. Yeah. So that could be a really great opportunity is to work at a small firm. And then working at firms is good. A lot of people want to look at in-house and that I don't blame them, frankly, later on in their career. But when they have a little bit more stamina, uh, when they're young, when they're new and excited, working in-house, I'm sorry, working at a firm is good because the fast paceness of a firm can kind of get to people. So after a while, they do like to go to in-house, but at a firm, you learn so much. It's great training. And then for businesses, here's what I would say to business owners that want to, that are interested in PR specifically, Mm -hmm. you just follow the news. So it's a little different. If you follow the news, not always the negative news, because then we can all have panic attacks. But Mm -hmm. if we just kind of follow your news, your industry news, or or your your vertical industry news, which is the industries you're trying to sell to, if you can follow those and figure out what are they talking about, then that's how you can start to learn how to tie into that. And then that will give you ideas. So don't worry if you're coming to the table without any ideas. You get the ideas from following your news. Yeah, and it's gotten last ten years. It's gotten so easy. You can certainly subscribe to things. You can set up uh, RSS feeds or RSS readers. You can you can kind of establish a habit of like maybe spending ten minutes scanning, not not feeling like it's got to be a two hour part of your day. And 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 I think it's important just to keep up on on what people are saying and and trends and things like that. So absolutely, yeah. So Amy, where can people find out more about uh, you and your work at Veracity, as well as uh, find the uh, Modern Guide to Public Relations? So veracityagency.com, I think that's my website <laughs> for my company. And then my book website is new. So I remember that one. That is prtalk.co. And my the, the podcast is, is called PR Talk. So it's all in there. And also for people that don't want to read a book, I kind of understand. So we are doing videos where we're explaining 
or we meaning me, I'm explaining different parts of the book. And then all of a sudden I'm talking, it's like, oh, wow, I'm talking more than what was in the book. So people might want to check out those videos. Awesome. Well, Amy, thanks for dropping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll run into you someday when we're back all back out there on the road again. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training? marketing training for your team. If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team.